0: Halls of Fame celebrate the most elite and legendary leaders in their field, but there's no one to honor the Halls of Fame themselves for their contributions, until now. Join me as I tour the country, inducting these revered institutions into my own personal Hall of Fame of Halls of Fame. Along the way, I'll interview the curators and historians who fill these destinations with priceless artifacts and inspiring stories. I'm Bradley Barth, and this is Hall Pass. Today's hall pass grants us access to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Founded in 1963, this homage to American football has enshrined 371 members as of August 2023. Having welcomed more than 10 million visitors, the museum contains 118,000 square feet of exhibits featuring the greatest to ever grace the gridiron. And today, I'll be huddling up with Jason Aikens, curator of collections, who's worked at the Hall since 1997. We'll find out which player's hair made it into the Hall of Fame, which famous game has been impossible to get memorabilia from, and why the last two Super Bowl rings have taken bling to a whole new level. Jason, I'm really glad that you could be spending some time with me today. I got a chance it's to walk. To here. Yeah, yeah, and I, I got a chance to walk through the halls a bit. I went into, of course, uh, the room of busts just mm-hmm. to see. Uh, all the greats there, uh, including from my team, the, the Jets. I mean, I have a okay. friend that tells me, you know, I, I bet on all the wrong horses. I'm a Mets <laughs> fan. I'm a Jets fan. Okay. Uh, I pick all the losers. <laughs> but even though I that's, still haven't actually seen uh, my team ever win a Super Bowl, uh, well, sure. it's still a thrill to be able to go in there and see all these players that you know from their history, some of which you actually got to, you know, see sure. play uh, and see their their, their busts uh, actually on display there. So uh, that's what's meaningful to to me when I see some of those Jets players. Is there a particular inductee, someone represented on those butts that's especially meaningful to you?
1: Well, my favorite player growing up was, was Jack Youngblood. Uh, you know, he famously uh, played with a broken leg. And uh, when I first started here in 1997, he wasn't in the hall yet and i my uh you could get a personalized license plate uh, as an employee and uh i i really thought jack youngblood should be in so i i my plate was hof85 mm-hmm. uh and that was his his number and then he did get in a couple years later uh, and so he's, he's, you know, he's been here for, uh, for quite a while. He's got a chance to meet him, but you know, he, he famously, you know, played in Super Bowl uh, 14 with, uh, with, a, with a broken leg. Yeah. And yeah. Just, you know, one of the toughest guys, uh, around, you know, and he was, you know, he was a, th- a throwback to, yeah. uh, to an er- er- earlier, uh, era, but, uh, it's interesting. You, you said you were Jets fans. I'm actually, Heading to New Jersey tomorrow mm-hmm. to uh, Joe Klecko's house oh, great, to, yeah. to uh, gather his collection. He That's has, right. he has quite a bit of, of, uh, memorabilia and artifacts yep. and archival materials. And, uh, his, uh, his daughter-in-law wants to have a display, mm. uh, of his uh, collection at his party and we're going to display some of the things here and, uh, so i i'll be heading over there uh, nfl films is going to cover it so oh, nice. so uh, you know and occasionally uh, a person has such a big collection that mm. uh, we need to go to the location and and uh, and pick it up so yeah. uh you know he i i grew up in the 80s and you know he was a big you know yeah, part figure of the New York <laughs> Sack exchange yeah, yeah. And, and so it's going to be great to uh to meet him and it's it's always fascinating when the when the players start talking about uh, their their collections and, yeah. and they, when they look at it and all you know all the stories start are start flowing back so I'm really looking forward to it
0: yeah no that's great yeah Klecko being one of two Jets that are actually making it in this year mm-hmm. along with Darrell Rivas. and uh, mm-hmm. it was great. so it was cool that you actually got to meet Youngblood sure, when he yeah. actually got inducted yeah uh, since you were actively campaigning <laughs> and advocating <laughs> sure. uh, for you him yeah
1: you know these uh, I've heard it uh, said. Uh, that presidential elections are easier to predict than Hall of Fame elections. I mean, you can do all these, you know, there's been different campaigns over over the years. And uh, I remember Jerry Kramer was a big camp, there was a big campaign. And, um, you know, right before he got inducted, uh, another jet, another packer, Dave Robinson from the mm-hmm. same era, mm-hmm. uh, got inducted and, and nobody had really been – there had been a campaign for him and I, I – I wonder if the you know all these uh folks that were big Jerry Kramer fans they must have been scratching their <laughs> head. <laughs> Why did this guy, you know, we're 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 uh and so it is it is totally uh, unpredictable and yeah. and uh you know there's a national board and uh So yeah,
0: it's, it's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be a controversy (laughs) that this person got in. So why didn't this person get it? But that's part of the fun of it too, is the endless debate over, uh, because sometimes it can be purely about numbers and statistics, but other times there's intangibles and you have to weigh that as well.
1: Yeah. It, it, uh, it, you know, you have, you know, you have to have a process that, uh, uh, you know, makes it special. Yeah. Uh, You know, the, uh, if it was, you know, you know, if it was easy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a, a special uh, thing to be, uh, enshrined. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, that, that, um, you know, I've seen different, different things over the years. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, it's always, it's always fun to, you know, to, to meet the hall of famers and talk about their collections and, you know, v- uh, visit with them and, uh, uh, it's always a great experience.
0: Yeah, and museums and halls of fame like these, what's so cool about them is the fact that they act in a way like time capsules that mm-hmm. can tr- transport you back to these bygone eras of the sport. Uh, and you really get to see how uh, things even evolve over time. And mm-hmm. maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that with you in a minute. But I would be curious if you had an actual time machine that could take you to any time and place in the history of football. Is there a particular event that you would like to personally witness if you could go back in time and
1: see it? Uh, I I do. Um, I'd like to see. Uh, I, I've been reading. Um, David Moranis uh, recently wrote a book on Jim Thorpe, and I'd love to see him in his in his heyday mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, at 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 Carlisle and then, you know, in his early days in, in Canton, uh, you know, it, and, uh, you know, he real people would just, would come out to see him and, and, uh, you know, he was, you know, he was kind of, a, a, the name was, was a, a draw in itself. Yeah. Uh, All around athlete. I mean, he was great he, at everything. Yeah. He played, he was playing major league baseball during the summer and then playing a pro football, in the fall and, you know, was a great Olympian and just to see you, you, just to see how the game was played. I mean, there are some films, uh, out there, but there is, there isn't a lot of, um, full, you know, full games or yeah. anything like that. And, you know, to see that first, you know, some of the games from the first season, you know, that would, that would be really, uh, cool to see. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I'm I'm really interested in the early years, the 20s and the 30s yeah. and the 40s. It would it would be really, uh, you know, cool to to you know see how the game was played back then and and see, you know, there's there's just snippets of some of these these players, you know, Ernie Nevers and Joe Guyon and you know the. There's just a few things here and there, but just yeah. to get a chance to see them in full action, yeah. you know, would be uh, would would be great to see.
0: Oh, I mean, I'm with you 100% on that. And I mean, one of the again the really neat things about uh, going to a Hall of Fame like this is that you can at least view some of the uh, equipment and and mm-hmm. uniforms uh, that these players wore yes. uh, back then uh, in the early part of the 20th century. And you know, it's funny because we look at how uh, professional football 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 has tried over the years to make the sport safer by adding in all these new innovations Mm -hmm. to their helmets and everything like that and Mm -hmm. obviously there's still work to be done there but they've come a long way and you really realize how much of a long way they've come when you look back at what they were originally wearing you know back in the 1910s and 1920s where you wonder just like how were people not you know getting decapitated all the time with you know like these leather helmets Uh, and that yeah and it's it's really interesting to see how things like that have changed over time. The footballs too, much bigger and thicker. Yeah. You couldn't pass them, nor, nor could you pass them anyway because sure. they, they, there was no forward. Yeah, passing I mean, originally. mean, you know,
1: it was yeah. If you threw, you know, more than ten times a game, I mean, that was right. know, that was, <laughs> that was uh, incredible uh, a lot. And you know, it, it, the game had always been um, you know rough and tumble, and that, that's part of the reason why the forward pass was, was instituted in 1906 as, you know, players were uh, dying on the field uh, from uh, head injuries uh, with the flying wedge. And um, that's why, you know, seven, six, first it was six and seven men on the line of scrimmage uh, all to, to make it uh, the game safer. Uh, you know, so, you know, people feel it's dangerous now Well, they're, You know, there were people dying at the turn of the century. (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, there was a, uh, you know, people like Teddy Roosevelt thought – you know, it would it would uh, make young men, you know, tough guys, and you know, it, it improve uh, American culture. And he wanted to save it. And um, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it uh, you you know, going through the museum, you could see a lot of the the leather equipment, and uh, you know, they they pretty much use what what they could. Um, you know, we we all, they tried at one point. We have a nose guard on display, which was a rubber. Piece that would go over your nose and you'd bite on it it was to protect your your nose from um uh, from being broken mm-hmm. uh and uh it didn't really it, it did more harm than than good but uh but that's always been um part of part of the game and you know any contact sport there's going to be um you know there's going to be injuries and safety is going to be concerned and and you're going to uh You're gonna make rule changes, and you know, I mean, a few years ago, baseball, you know, you couldn't, you can't crash into the (laughs) right (laughs) into into the catcher anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, So there's always, anytime there's a contact sport, there there's gonna be uh, equipment changes and rule changes to to make it uh, safer.
0: Yeah. Something else that was interesting that you also could see evolve over the years uh, was just the. the the Super Bowl championship rings, mm-hmm. uh, which started out looking very much classically like your college graduation ring, sure, yeah, uh, like a class ring, yeah, like a class ring. And then over the years, they just really blinged it yeah. out to like where it's can you even lift your hand <laughs> with the ring on your finger? Yeah. They've gotten really ostentatious yeah. and 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 well, but but interesting to look at with a lot of fine details. Well,
1: now you can uh, uh, twist off the top of the of the ring uh the last two rings uh person jason of beverly hills he created a design where you can turn off twist the top off and there's a engraving of the stadium of uh the rams oh the Sho-Fi yeah, stadium, yeah, yeah and uh uh and then there's an actual piece of the uh uh the leather ball is in as in the ring so it's uh-huh. it's it's really you know, he uh he was uh, worked with on some of the NBA championship rings, and, uh, uh, and pitched the idea to the to the, to the Rams, and uh, and then the uh, you know the Chiefs Chiefs liked it as well, and and uh, so yeah, there's there's just been um, uh, or actually it was um, first ch- uh, to the the Buccaneers, and then the Rams. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Chiefs come up with this year. should be an announcement pretty soon. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it has changed over the years. Originally, uh, championship teams got a little gold football mm-hmm. for winning the, the championship, and you could put it on your uh, pocket watch chain or maybe your tie clasp or give it to your girlfriend. or, mm-hmm. or And we have a uh, – a, 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 they, and they called it a watch fob, and we have a little gold football from the first, uh, from the 1920 Akron Pros, who were the first champions of the NFL. And I always say that's the first Super Bowl ring, and it's, it's, it's not even an inch long. And uh, so, yeah, we, and you don't start seeing the Super Bowl rings come out. or or rings given to champions, I should say, until post-World War II, and even some of those were very simple. Some were just gold or just a little tiny diamond, Um, and then, uh, you know, the those uh, packer rings you know kind of mm-hmm. look like a, a a class ring so uh the game is uh is is changed quite a bit uh from uh, yeah. from those uh, uh early origins
0: yeah and and it is interesting to see how creative they get mm-hmm. uh year over year you know the one that sticks out in my mind is the uh uh, the uh, the Patriots' uh, Super Bowl ring, the one where they defeated the uh, Atlanta Falcons, yeah. and they were trailing 28 to three at yeah. halftime. So, they incorporated that thematically the into the diamonds, diamond, the number yeah. of diamonds, yeah, and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so
1: there's a lot of uh, engravings uh, and hidden messages in inside the ring. Uh, some of the rings inside, the, inside of them is the scores of the game. Uh, It was interesting, uh, one of the Steelers rings, uh, I think it was the Super Bowl IX ring, they had the scores engraved, and one of them went on sale, and it was in a, uh, 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 some 30 years later, and it was in a, a Pittsburgh newspaper, and they had enlarged the ring, and somebody noticed that the score for their playoff victory over the uh, Buffalo Bills was incorrect. (laughs) And uh, somebody called the newspaper angrily, you you know, are you selling a fake ring? And so the newspaper uh, uh, did some investigating, and turned out that all the Steelers' rings that year had the wrong score. (laughs) And and you think about it, uh, you know, how uh, the playoff games – do you really pay attention to the losing team's score? It was the it was the Buffalo Bills score that was <laughs> <laughs> incorrect. Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, you know, you maybe you pay you pay attention to the winning team score, but uh, but yeah. So there are there is a lot of different uh, messaging and symbols in the ring um, that that really uh, you know te- each ring kind of tells its own uh, encapsulates the season and tells its own story.
0: I did ask you before what would be your dream fantasy scenario if you Mm -hmm. could hop in a time machine and see anything. What was the actual uh, most meaningful or coolest uh, football uh, event or game that you actually did witness in person?
1: Well, I did have a chance to go to Super Bowl Thirty Six, and that was right after 9-11. And what I remember from that, I mean, of course, famously uh Adam Vinatieri kicked the game winning field goal at the end yeah. but I do remember um uh U2's halftime show mm-hmm. and if you remember they had a banner uh with uh, all the names of the victims yep. of the World Trade Center yeah that was very uh, bombing yeah, yeah. and uh, um yeah so that was that was very that was really impactful uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, Bob craft, uh, was very classy at the end of the game. And they, up, you know, they upset the Rams and, and said, you know, today, you know, everybody should feel as though they're, they're patriots. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of, um, uh, you know, and. Uh, I was pulling uh, for the Rams, <laughs> but how could I, you know, after that uh, moment, you know, how could I really feel bad? That, sure. You know, that this was something, uh, you know, the the victims were honored, and you know, this was something celebrating America and. Uh, the United States. So, you know, yeah. that, uh, that took a uh, you know, so you kind of put things in perspective. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean,
0: I'm a Jets fan, so you can imagine oh, yeah. I was rooting for the Rams too. Um, yeah, so
1: that, that's, uh, you know, Yeah, they've developed quite the rivalry uh, over the last few years, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the Jets
0: are always in the wrong end of it. Uh, All right, I want to play a little word association game called Superlatives, uh, where you tell me uh, which items from your collection come to mind uh, when I say certain adjectives. Uh, So what is your strangest or most bizarre artifact?
1: Uh, well, we have, uh, Adrian James's hair. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So he was famous for his dreadlocks and, uh, he got tackled. He was kept getting tackled by his dreads. They uh, would yank I, him yeah, down it, which is, it's not illegal. And a uh, game against the Browns, he got tackled by the dreads and it kind of messed up his, his dreads. So he cut him off and he uh, really felt uh this was part of him and uh he uh, he decided to uh, to keep them you know this was mm-hmm. you know he couldn't he couldn't bear to part with them and then when he was abducted he uh he he sent, sent them to us so that's one of the uh, stranger, uh, things. I I don't, you know, if a fan had somehow gotten, you know, obtained his dreads, I don't know if, (laughs) (laughs) but it was very meaningful to the, to them. And, you know, we kind of emphasize that, you know, when you're making the hall of famers, when you're making their donations, uh, what, what's meaningful, uh, to them, uh, Joe Thomas has become, he has a farm now and he's raising, uh, cows. And he donated a tag from one of his cows Mm. uh, to to the hall. And that's what he's into now. And that's another strange thing. But I I do think... the uh, the hair. That's a good one. I mean, that's a. Good, I mean, I would say maybe
0: the only other hair that particularly sticks out in my mind that might trump that is Troy Polamalu's hair. If you had yeah, his hair, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, otherwise, yeah, yeah, he
1: didn't have to fear getting tackled by, by his hair. Yeah.
0: All right. What about? Uh, I I like to call this one. What should I steal? Uh, meaning uh, <laughs> what's your most valuable article or the
1: like where these is going uh, uh, you know anything from Jim Thorpe or uh, Jim Brown Jim Br- uh, who just yeah you know, passed away yeah and, um, and you know kind of a weird aspect of collecting I mean you know we're collecting for historical reasons we're not of collecting right. for monetary reasons we uh, you know we're not doing any buying or selling, but, uh, you know, when somebody passes away, the value mm-hmm. of their, you know, whatever is associated with them goes up. Uh, and then uh, I'm, I'm giving you three people. Tom Brady also, um, his memorabilia is, is skyrocketing as mm-hmm. well. So th- those are the three um, guys that are kind of uh, shooting or way above you know, at the top as far as, as far as uh, value. Uh, so I, I gave you three. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's more than enough, more than enough. What about, yeah, I'm sorry. No, No, I was going to say, I don't know if, um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps an appraiser somebody could kind of tell you know who's definitively above, but they're all they're all very close. Yeah.
0: What about mm-hmm. rarest? Is that the same as the most valuable, or not necessarily?
1: Well, we have William Putsch or the the document that shows that William Pudge Hevelfinger is the first paid professional. Yes, I player. saw that. Yeah. That was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first documented case of of somebody being paid to play. So there, and nothing else has survived from that game (laughs) in 1892. Um, So that, that's, and then we have the meeting minutes to the first meeting of the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are, so so those are some of the most rare uh, pieces that, that we have. Definitely. And and you know, I would, somebody would be hard pressed to kind of find something from, you know, from that, uh, that game that you know, from that William Punch up finger pay, play. in. Yeah, again. yeah.
0: Uh, uh, I'm going to also ask you about this one since it just came up in our conversation sure. before we started. You have one of the Madden cruisers.
1: Yes, yeah. So we have the original one in, uh, from 1987. It's on, uh, uh, visitors can see it here on uh, the Pro Football Fame's campus, and it's open uh, to tours this summer. And... Uh, um, you know, it, it, it is so large, uh, you know, when we originally built the hall of fame, there wasn't a thinking of a bus mm-hmm. <laughs> in here, but, uh, but, you know, John, uh, Madden was, uh, of course, uh, y- y- he was a, the biggest fan of the hall, biggest football fan ever. Mm-hmm. I, you know, a father, you know, kind of the, kind of the more the, the, the f- father of the kind of the. Post Super Bowl era, uh, and you know, people would take rides in his man cruiser, and you know, he would just he would talk about football. That was his passion, and um, so you know, and he's beloved by you know the people that you know were around when he coached, and then you know, in his broadcasting career, and then the pe- the people that have played uh, mad video games, which is most Super Bowl fans mm-hmm. and, or most NFL fans, and. Uh, also, the, the young people, um, so that, that was, uh, you know, and he always was very supportive of the hall, you know, funding, funded a lot of our educational programming, uh, you know, was always encouraging other, uh, uh, other people to donate and support. Um, um, so, yeah, that's, that's been a great addition uh, to us. All right, I've got one
0: more of these for you for this game, and it's kind of a two-parter. What item was the most challenging to get your hands on that you really had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops in order <laughs> to get it? And what's your white whale? What's the item that you've been trying oh. to get for forever that you wish you could get, but you still haven't attained it yet?
1: So uh, I love this artifact because it, uh, it, you know, it was more of a hot-button topic. If or hot button artifact a few years ago but we have Tim Tebow's jersey Mm -hmm. uh, from uh, the game again the playoff game against uh, the Steelers uh, where he set the NFL record for uh, highest yards per attempt in a playoff game and if you uh, you might remember that that year uh, you know the the Broncos were winning in mysterious <laughs> <laughs> ways that year. Uh, you know, it always seemed to be some field goal or mm-hmm. something. And it was, you know, it was, it was, a, every game was a rock fight. And, uh, you know, some people were arguing they're winning because of Thiebaud. You know, pe- people are, were arguing that he's, uh, you know. The, in uh, d- in spite, spite of him. him. Yeah. And, uh, so we went. Uh, his his agent was very c- concerned about his jersey, so we needed we had to fly to uh, Denver to get the jersey. And our assistant curator went there and you know packed it and and put it on his carry on and, and took it back. And uh, we haven't had to do that that often, but you know, it was a, and that was the, at the time, a lot of people were doing the Tim T. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, Kneel down. And, uh, you know, it was just, I loved to just watch people as they went by because just the visceral, you know, either they thought it was the greatest thing right. or the worst thing. You yes. Know, was, he's it, he's, he's <laughs> like a strangely divisive figure that people yeah. really love him uh, yeah, or they're he's, like, eh. he's, a, he's a great, I mean, yeah. he, very charitable. And I, you know, I, I don't, get it, but, uh, but it, you know, I, I you know, we very rarely have, a, we had an artifact that, that caused such a reaction, yeah. uh, amongst, amongst the fans. Um, another artifact that we, we have, uh, Pat Tillman's army ranger, uh, jacket and his Jersey. And, you know, that resonates with a, a lot of people as well. But, uh, but yeah, the Tim Tebow jersey. Yeah, we had to go through a lot of uh, hoops and, and ladders, and um, you know the um, you know the, the equipment manager who I, I work with a, quite a bit. I mean, he would send us things from all the different Bronco. You know, just you know put things in the mail and send it to us and. You know, he was taken aback at the fact that somebody had to fly out there and, <laughs> and get it. And so, yeah, that was that was one of the more challenging ones.
0: Yeah. And then is there one that you're you're still trying to get that you haven't got? Oh,
1: yes. Um, I would um, love to get something from the catch. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, you know, the 81 NFC championship game with the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Cowboys and the in uh, the 49ers, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark. Um, Nobody uh, nobody knows where the football is or the, you know, the jersey that Dwight Clark wore Mm -hmm. or or what, you know, what Joe Montana wore, Uh, you know, something from that uh, play. Which resonates with so many people. You know, we have things from the Mac reception, yep. the Ice Bowl,
0: Franco Harris, uh, who yeah, he just passed two recently. Yeah, again.
1: yeah. The um, you know, Adam t- the Super Bowl thirty-six, and a lot of the great plays we do have, uh, great moments we do have things from, but we don't have anything from the the catch. And I was only uh, ten years old. So I, yeah I didn't, I didn't have a I didn't have a say at that time but that's that's mm-hmm. kind of the one thing we are we're still looking for. Yeah, do you say you had something from the ice ball game? Is that what well, you Well, we have um Danny uh Villanueva, he mm-hmm. was the kicker for uh the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have his shoes. We have a bench, a sideline bench from the game. We have yeah. the heating coil uh-huh. that was underneath this the the field yeah that uh the team um or the it was supposed to keep the heat field from freezing yeah. but uh they thought it would overheat and so they turned it off uh and that that created some of the conditions so we do have some yeah. things from from uh, cool. that, that game but yeah. that that uh the catch uh, yeah uh, even like ed T- too tall jones's jersey for me he's trying he was, <laughs> he was trying to uh knock down the pass uh from uh you know but anything uh would be great yeah not, um and i'm not even i'm not a cowboys or 49ers fan <laughs> no but still of course it's still an <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. incredibly yes, famous yeah, moment in, yeah.
1: in, in football history yeah uh we do have um we do have the ball that was used in the phillips special yeah and um we also have Nick Foles' jersey yeah. and helmet. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, most of the thing, most of the great plays we have covered. Mm-hmm. Um, there, uh, one of the the thing, one of the games that um, Steve Young, when he made his stumbling run mm-hmm. <laughs> against yep. the Vikings, uh, you know, we have a Steve Young jersey, but not from from that. But a lot of the yeah. great moments we do have managed to collect. Something. Do you have an a deflated football? <laughs> no, no. We do have things from uh, from uh, Tom Brady, and uh, I, you know, one of the footballs that went into the stands that day uh, was sold on auction. Okay, uh, but uh, but no, we don't. Uh, You don't? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Ah, all
0: right. Well, that whistle sound that you did not hear because we're going to insert it into (laughs) post-production after the fact (laughs) signifies that we've reached the halftime portion of our interview. So I thought once we hit the halfway point, it might be fun to play a little game, and I would ask you some questions about Super Bowl halftime shows. Okay. Uh, I, so I'm gonna name some famous halftime shows, and you can tell me if you have a particular item from that show. Okay. Or if not that, maybe something that is comparable to it. Sure. All right. So Super Bowl 49 in 2015 uh, featured the very bubbly and quirky Katy Perry. And she was almost overshadowed by her backup dancer, okay. Left Shark.
1: Okay, <laughs> so that was the
0: guy in the shark costume oh, who was okay. really, yeah, really yeah. into H- it. it up, and he yeah. became like a whole meme, like pretty much uh, okay. exactly. Yeah, okay. Do you have the Left Shark costume?
1: No, no. We um, uh, each year we make sure to collect a football signed by the halftime performers. Uh, we've been doing that since Super Bowl Thirty, uh, which was, uh, I think, Vanessa Williams was the... Uh, we, uh, we, ha- we have Luther Vandross's coat. Uh, we have one of the guitars from Kiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is... Uh, but we kind of went through the football route... Uh, because it is difficult to the, 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 uh, you know, we think, uh, you know, it's difficult to get things from football players. Well, rock musicians are really <laughs> yeah. difficult. And, uh, uh, I, I know the curator at the rock and roll hall of fame mm-hmm. and most of their collection is on loan because it's so hard to get, uh, rock and rollers to donate, uh, things. Cause uh, you know, they're, I, I, from what I understand, they you know they want to keep things in the market, or they might use the the costumes later on down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they we did collaborate with the. Uh, two years ago with the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on a Super Bowl halftime show uh, exhibit. That's fun. Yeah, we had, there was things from, and they were able to collect things from uh, the performers. Right. Uh, they had um, Lady Gaga's uh, dress and I think one of Prince's guitars. And, um, and again, it was, it was only a short term. We were hoping to tour it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was only a short term lo- uh, uh, loan. Uh, but I, I was amazed, you know, just learning that, uh, you know, most of the, most performers, it's a dream of theirs to be at you know at the, the, the that shows you you've made it. Yeah. And I I always kind of felt like oh they're just kind of dra- being dragged out there. But no, it's it's Oh yeah, yeah no. I mean it's, it's a big dream. prestige thing yeah, at this yeah. point. But it's another interesting
0: <laughs> thing to look at chronologically in terms of the evolution of football oh, yeah. because for a couple of decades there uh, you know the fir- the early Super Bowls were marching bands yeah, yeah. Uh, there was that group Grambling. up with people yeah. that they would that would appear over Yeah and they over would again.
1: do the yeah they had these pageantry shows you know Disney would do a lot of them and and yeah I I remember the bowl games uh, mm-hmm. you know they would they would when I was a kid would have these pageantry and my mom didn't like football and I, I would always joke to her, like, are you going to watch the pageantry of the Orange Bowl at halftime? You, you know, you don't like football. She's like, no, I'm not interested in that either. <laughs> so, well, I mean, so I don't well know that, who they were feeling, well, too. Well, that's yeah. the thing about the Super Bowl, too. Everybody watches it. And sure. If you don't like
0: the game, yeah. you can watch the halftime sure, show. Yeah. And if you don't like the halftime show, you can watch the commercials. <laughs> yeah. And it's all it's part a, yeah, of the experience. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you about a couple other halftime shows real sure. quick, and then we'll uh, go back to some of the regular questions. Uh, you talked about Disney, and actually yeah. Super Bowl. 29 in 1995 had a pretty strange halftime show. It had people like Patti LaBelle and Tony Bennett, but it also had Indiana Jones, but not Harrison Ford, but um, in a, like a, a, a just a fake imposter Indiana Jones, yeah. heroically rescuing the Vince Lombardi trophy from a bunch <laughs> of bad guys. And it was okay. all supposed <laughs> to promote like a new Disney Indiana Jones okay. ride. Okay. Do you have Indiana Jones whip and fedora? Or or even no. if you don't have, do you have anything from any of like the old, not that that was even that old of a mm. halftime show, but do you have any from like the marching band era we, or anything like that?
1: We do have some of the things that the fans have had in the stands to, you know, like the flags and things to, 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 uh, you know, you know, they'd flash the stadium and everybody would be doing a certain thing. And mm-hmm. so we do, we, but no, we don't, um, uh, we, we, yeah, we, we have like, for instance, things from the Baltimore Colts marching band, the, the Washington Redskins, but yeah, not, uh, I, I we would collect it. Um, one of the, one of the things recently we've been getting is uh, some of the costumes. You, you you'll see it uh, in our Pro Football Today gallery. But some of the costumes from some of the Super Bowl halftime shows, or some of the Super Bowl NFL commercials. Mm. Uh, this this year was Diana Flores. Uh, she was the uh, with the flag football. Yeah, the flag yeah. football, and she was she was being chased, but. Um, but yeah, most, mostly we, um, we get the footballs autographed by the, and they are quite popular, uh, for, uh, for visitors to see when, when they, when they come. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: All right. One more quick one, because I would be remiss not to at least have to ask you about this one last, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. halftime show moment. You probably already know where this is going. Super Bowl 38 in 2004. Featured Janet Jackson and mm. Justin Timberlake, and a very famous or infamous yeah, wardrobe, wardrobe <laughs> malfunction. <Yeah. laughs> do you have the torn dress?
1: No, no, we do have um, J- you know, Janet Jackson signed the football. Mm. Uh, so yeah, and I, I think they, um, I think ev- most of the, celeb- the, the performers sign it before. Because I was wondering if we were going to get that one, and I think they sign it before the show. Because I don't know if they would have <laughs> wanted her, the NFL would have wanted her autograph after after that. But yeah, that was that was quite, uh, you know. And I was sitting in the stands, and uh, most of us in the stands didn't notice what had happened. I didn't realize it the first yeah. time myself, actually, yeah. when I was watching at home. And- yeah, and uh, I, when I called home, my you know my wife, there was there was a streaker right before kickoff or the second act kickoff that came onto the field and I from what I understand the networks were able to uh you know uh, prevent the uh, people at home from seeing that and uh uh, so I, I after the game I called home and I asked my wife I'm like did you see the streaker and and she said, no, did you see Jana Jackson? And I said, <laughs> I said well, yeah, I saw her. <laughs> the, before. But uh, yeah, so it was, it, it, it's kind of, it, it, that was kind of a unique, ex, you know, people in the stadium had a different experience than the people at home. That, that was kind of uh, yes. unusual.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. It, was, it certainly, it probably is the, the, the most, you know, talked about mm-hmm. halftime show moment yeah Uh, in in history yeah all right jason that was fun let's go Mm -hmm. back to some uh regularly scheduled uh, on the field (laughs) uh questions uh where do you go looking for collection pieces uh who typically uh works with you to scout or hunt for these objects
1: well uh one of the things we do is before the season starts we look at what records are are coming up uh upcoming and what could be broken and uh, so we reach out to the teams and, uh, and, you know, tell them, like, hey, if so-and-so does this, we would love to collect something. Uh, I always, when that person doesn't reach that record, I always feel like I'm a jinx or, you know, <laughs> it, is, it is kind of an awkward uh, thing a lot of times when people are approaching. Um, the, the one time it really, it, maybe I'm not a jinx, But the one time it really worked out was when Ray Lewis announced his retirement. And uh, I contacted the Ravens and I said, you know, we'd love to get the uniform from his last game. And, they, you know, the Ravens were struggling to get into the playoffs that year. It wasn't a sure thing. And the Ravens, you know, said, "Yeah, we'll send them in." lo and behold, they get in the playoffs, they and they get all the way to the Super Bowl and they win the Super Bowl over the 49ers and uh and you know, so we got his uniform from that Super Bowl. So that was a case where uh that was his last game, so we got Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So that worked out. Uh, I mean, it's great when you <laughs> can anticipate things sure. or
0: even if you're Actively watching a game like the Vinatieri game-winning sure, kick, where yeah. you're like, "Well, that's going to be important." Uh, so yeah. we need that. Yeah, what but... about some of the older items? Where, like, how do you certify the authenticity of really old items? Especially nowadays, I'm sure, like a lot of any important game, a Super Bowl, <laughs> the items, the balls mm-hmm. are watermarked. I'm yeah. sure in their own way or something. Yeah. So, they're... so how do you how do you know when something is is actually real? From that's mm-hmm. like an old this thing that somebody tries to y- give you.
1: Yeah. So we. Um, we work a lot with the hall of famers and mm-hmm. the, the teams directly. Uh, and then there's also private individuals, for instance, that, uh, gold foot, that little watch fob, uh, that, um, from the Akron pros, that was, uh, by, a, well, it was a grandson of one of the players. Um, and everything we're getting is we don't have a budget to purchase anything. Uh, so people are not, you know they're not going to donate things that are fake you know Mm -hmm. that uh, are inauthentic there you know there's no real reason to do that but we do have to we we do have to or photo match things we'll look at photos from games or video or uh, now the photos are great i mean high resolution photos and we're just so it it uh there's not a mistake Mm -hmm. you know we have had instances where teams have sent the wrong gloves or shoes, you know, some, somebody from the manager just grabs the shoe or the the gloves from the, um, so those, so those are some of the things, you know, we can tell a little bit from, uh, you know, if it looks game used or not, you know, we're, we're trying to uh, be accurate, um, with everything, um, for instance, the Gale Sayre, the Sayers family had his – Gale Sayers shoes. And initially we hoped it was from the 6 TD game. And we looked at the uh, – uh, the shoes they sent had white trim, which he did wear uh, in many – many, a few of his seasons, many of his games. But that game against the 49ers where he had 6 TDs was, was a totally black mm-hmm. shoe. So um, – so we need to, we do need to look at the photogra- photogra- you know, the video photography of the game, just to make sure that we're accurate. Not so much that we're afraid somebody's gonna send right. us something that uh, is roughly in flat Yeah, yeah.
0: How much of your collection is on public display at any given time? Uh, what do you have, like, all together collectively in, in storage?
1: So less than 1% of our collection is on exhibit at any <laughs> one point. Yeah, and uh, we, uh, we have about 30,000 objects, and then we have millions of pages of documents.
0: Are they all here on site?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yeah. We have an archives here. Um, so it's a, ch- it's a challenge to get into the hall it's also another challenge to get get your things on on display. We and we have traveling exhibits. We have an exhibit at the Super Bowl. Uh, we if you uh, we have an exhibit at in Myrtle Beach right now. Uh, we've collaborated with different museums. You know, you mentioned the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We uh, Pat Tillman's jacket was at the 9-11 memorial. Uh, so we're we're look, looking at. Getting our collection as many places as possible, but there's just there's only so much space, um, and it also allows us to change our exhibits all the time, and you know take you know make things refresh the museum and give people uh, something new to see whenever whenever they visit.
0: Yeah, do you uh, is there a a, a fun fact, a little known fact about this museum that uh, would surprise me.
1: So the hall was um, the bef- before the hall was here. This was uh, part of the Canton City Parks, and uh, the 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 people of Canton raised money to bring to have a to create a hall here, and the Canton the city of Canton uh, uh, the uh, lease leases. The spot to us for uh, one dollar a year. Uh, initially, it was a 99-year lease in 1963, and, uh, and we still. Uh, I, I talked to our our facilities manager one day and or brought that up, and he says, "Yeah, I received that bill each year again." <laughs> so we leased this land for one dollar a year, and that was that was part of the to to make the. To kind of grease the wheels for bringing the hall here, uh, you know, the city of Canton off offered the, uh, the steering committee to, you know, we'll get, we'll, we'll, you know, you can have this land here. It'll be a dollar lease, so there won't be a burden on the museum uh, for, you know, rental. And uh, sadly, there has been instances where museums have had to close because, you know, the the you know the rental fees were were uh, were, we're too high. So that, you know, so we're leasing this land for uh, $1 a year. So that uh, probably most people don't realize. Yeah, <laughs> Like yeah. That, that. And that, and of course, city government, you do need, you know, they would uh, charge <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't just said, here's $99. <laughs> uh, I just know as a New Yorker, I'm very jealous of that deal, <laughs> yeah, yeah, considering yeah. the cost yeah, of living yeah. uh, in my but it neck was, of the woods. But, you know, the, the citizens were are very proud of, naturally, of having the hall here. Yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a collaborative effort on um, behalf of the community to, to have it here.
0: Yeah, well, the museum is based in Canton really for a couple of reasons because of a um, professional football association with the area. Uh, we talked about Jim Thorpe, and mm-hmm. he played here. You had the Canton Bulldogs here.
1: Um, the at, first meeting that, of the NFL was here in Canton.
0: Right, yes, or the, the, or the association that... Preceded yeah. the, yes. NFL yeah. the NFL and ultimately became the NFL. So, yeah. um, tell me a little bit about some of the items you have on display here that uh, is particularly representative of uh, the football's regional history uh, here in the Canton area.
1: So, we have um, a few artifacts from um, from from uh, Jim Thorpe, his Carlisle Indian uh, sweater, Indian School sweater. Uh, we have a few of the jerseys and uniforms from uh, the uh, the camp Bulldogs one of their fobs that they also won of course Akron had to snatch the 1920 19- <laughs> championship uh, but uh, you know the, the the, uh, the Camp Bulldogs were the first back-to-back champions in 1922 and 1923. So we do have uh, – and then, of course, we have a lot of history from the, the Cleveland Browns who came a, a little bit later. Uh, but, you know, uh, and then, of course, a lot of artifacts from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, that, in Pittsburgh is only uh, two hours away. So th- this whole area was kind of a hotbed of, of uh, professional football.
0: The actual Hall of Fame ceremonies uh, take place in the adjacent stadium. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything special uh, here within the uh, museum and the, uh, the, like the bust
1: gallery or anything like that while those <laughs> ceremonies are going on for the week? Uh, you know, we have extended hours. Um, you know, a lot of times we'll have extra uh, uh, presentations. Uh, at one point when the, when the, um, when the ceremony was on the front steps the the museum was closed so mm-hmm. you couldn't be uh, touring I they didn't want somebody barging in on uh, weibu banks <laughs> <production laughs> speech <laughs> or Joe Namath, uh, you know coming out with their their souvenirs but uh, uh but yeah it is the, it is a very uh you know and we have our new class exhibit which just was just opened up but th- that is our busiest weekend of the year is those uh those three days with the game and the, and, and the entryment. Uh
0: What was the inspiration behind the magic chalkboard room that you have here in the, uh, in, the in the museum, where the, you actually get the, with the holograms of the of the players? Oh, who-
1: yeah. You know, I mean, uh, football. You know, part of our mission state is mission statement is to promote the positive values of, of the game and the game for life kind of. Um, you know, features a lot of the NFL players and or and Hall of Famers, and one of the, a lot of the things they overcame, and where they started, and, and their inspirational uh, stories and life lessons they have from the game that they've they've been able to uh, uh, use throughout their life. And then, you know, we have we have Joe Namath. Um, New York Jets, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of as the MC, but as a, as a hologram. And then we have, uh, Vince Lombardi, uh, an actor plays Vince Lombardi, uh, the same actor from the wonder years. Uh, if you remember that, I that, do. T- mm-hmm. that TV show and, uh, he talks, uh, about, uh, y- uh, you, know, you, 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 um, you know, you, you won't be perfect, but if you chase perfection, you'll reach uh, excellence. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the, you know, the Packers mentality, you know, winning uh, six championships. Uh, so that, that kind of, uh, that was kind of, that's an experience that kind of fulfills our m- mission as far as promoting the positive values of the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned before about one of your all-time favorite players, but uh, I did just want to go back and ask uh, any other particularly memorable uh, visitations from players over the years that really stick out in your mind.
1: Well, I do <laughs> – I did get – you know, a lot of the players, you know, they're, they're being moved uh, around, and, you know, they kind of describe it as a wedding ceremony, so you don't always get a chance while they're being at shrine to um, – uh, to meet them. But one of the things we've been doing recently is they have a pre-site visit, uh, and the staff gets to, to meet them. And, uh, one of the memorable, uh, visits was, uh, Orlando Pace, Ohio state guy mm-hmm. and, uh, was, is from Sand Sandusky, Ohio, which is due just two hours away. And, you know, he, um, you know, you could tell he felt at home. You know that he he was from Ohio, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of the players are kind of stunned when they come in here. But yeah. he was very relaxed, and the first thing he did is you know, uh, he did the they, uh, people from uh, most of the people in Ohio are Ohio State fans, and he uh, did the uh, he saw all of us there, and he said "oh and then the the <laughs> the staff yelled back "i and uh, that that was uh, 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 that that was kind of a, a unique uh, uh, moment. But I-, I did one time we were doing a um, production with uh, Joe Namath, and uh, the first time I got to meet him, I got I you know he had asked for coffee, and I, <laughs> I g- ran down and got him some coffee, and you know I gave it to him, and he was very grateful. Uh, that uh that I got a coffee so <laughs> I can say I got coffee for 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 uh, uh Joe Namath so those are <laughs> <laughs> Was he wearing one of his crazy
0: fur coats or No no, no no no, no. Uh,
1: but he you know he's very uh he's great with the fans and yeah, very yeah. very personable um my fir- probably the, the the first Hall of Famer I met when I started in 97 was Otto Graham oh okay cool and uh we were just come our offices are down in the basement and we came up to the ground level and um we I forget where we were going but we were going to somebody's office and um, my boss so you know there was I I didn't recognize Otto he kind of had his back turned to us and my boss said they'll let anybody in here, and he turns around and he uh, chuckles, and it's Otto Graham. And mm-hmm. my boss says, "Meet Otto Graham." <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, "How you doing?" And uh, uh, you know that, uh, of course, you know he took his team to ten straight championship yeah. games and legendary. Uh, figure. And, uh, so that was, that was quite a thrill. I mean, my first hall of famer I get a chance to meet yeah, is Otto, very Gra- cool. Very cool. Otto Graham. And he, you know, he was from the Cleveland area. So he, you mm-hmm. know, he would come, uh, come by all, all the time. But, uh, but yeah, those are some of the, uh, the, you know, some of the memories of, of some of the hall of famers I've had a chance to meet.
0: Yeah. All right. So what's next for the pro football hall of fame? What's, what's coming in the future?
1: Well, we're looking uh, we're looking at a big uh, renovation here uh, soon uh, to update uh, the uh, the museum uh, that c- could be starting in the next uh, year or so. Uh, we're also um, the Hall of Fame Village is next to the uh, uh, next to the hall, and uh, you might have seen the construction equipment out front. Uh, they're, uh, they're bringing in a water park. Uh, so oh. you can bring your, your, uh, uh kids to, uh, to, to Canton and they can, Run through the football-themed water park and then come to the. Is it going to be called the
0: Hall of Flume? (laughs)
1: Hall of Flume, yeah. Hall of Water. No. There, (laughs) there was a uh, there when I first moved here. There was a bar here that was called the Hall of Foam. (laughs) 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 It didn't last, but uh, 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 but of course we're going to have our entremet here uh, in first weekend of August. Uh, That's in the the short term. A lot of great, uh, great guys. are are being inducted so those are some of the things uh, that the the fans can uh, look forward to. All right.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I look forward to that as well. Good reason to come back. Yeah. Uh, Jason, thanks so much yeah, for spending for time me. with yeah. me today. This is has been fun? really great. So with that, Jason, we are officially out of time. But before we go, it is my distinct pleasure to inform you uh, that you have been officially inducted into All the right, Hall, wow. Pass Hall of Fame of Halls of Fame. Okay. For this, you great. receive no plaque, no bust, <laughs> no inscription. Uh, but you do get a, a hearty thank you and a congratulations from me. I know this must be a tremendous sure. honor you have 30 seconds to give me a speech well, uh, who hope, do you want
1: to thank uh i guess i'd like to thank my parents <laughs> uh, well good for you I, that's the, the correct answer yeah right? hopefully this will live on forever in the podcast world and youtube and <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i no, really in all
0: seriousness thank you so very sure. much i really appreciate it had a lot of fun speaking with you today That's going to wrap up things for today's episode. I am Bradley Barth, your Hall Monitor and aspiring one-day podcasting Hall of Famer. Uh, Thanks for watching, and I will see you all on the next episode of Hall Pass.